Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Today we will be considering for our devotion a section from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Now if you remember, the Apostle Peter was writing to the diaspora. He's writing to the Jews who had left Jerusalem after the uh, great destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD uh, to the exiles or to the dispersion, uh, those who had, had left uh, Israel there after that destruction had taken place. And he was encouraging them that even though they were spread all over uh, the world at this time, he was encouraging them that they were still being built up together uh, in the holy Christian church as the purpose of Christ. And he says you're being built on the foundation of the God's word and on the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. And so he's taking up this subject of the cornerstone, the living stone there, and he's saying that you too, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever persecutions you may be facing, are also a part of that uh, holy Christian church, that body of Christ as well. So I'll read verses 4 and 5 again of 1 Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, that is to Christ, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is the one that we come to, the living stone. Now, Jesus has been largely rejected by men, and we know that the world rejects Jesus and who he is. Even during his own time, John, in his gospel, writes, his own did not receive him. Uh, the Jews at the time of Christ, by and large, especially the leadership there in Israel, rejected him. We're told that many, even of his disciples, left him, and by the time he died on the cross, only one disciple remained and a couple of women. Jesus was largely rejected in his lifetime, but he was chosen by God. And that word chosen, again, reminds us of that of Jesus' uh, title, the title of Christ. Uh, Christ or Messiah or Anointed One all refer to who Jesus is, is and his purpose as the chosen one of God, the one who would accomplish God's purpose of winning salvation. So he's important to God. He's precious to God. So even though, even though Jesus was rejected by men, he was chosen by God and precious. And that's an encouragement to us too, isn't it? That though we face persecutions and though there are challenges that come with being a Christian in this world, though at times we feel rejected by men, we are chosen and precious in God's sight as well. And that's why our Peter goes on by saying, you yourselves are living stones as well. Not the cornerstone, not the not the foundation of, of Christianity, that is Christ. Uh, it's important to give credit where credit is due and God, Jesus deserves all the credit for being the foundation of Christianity and of our faith and our hearts as well. But Peter says, you are like a living stone being built up as a spiritual house. So it's, it's a metaphor here that the holy Christian church, that is the body of all believers, wherever you are on earth, no matter where you're scattered to across the world, uh, you are uh, chosen and precious and being built into this holy Christian church. So think of this church as with Jesus as the cornerstone and all the prophets and all the Old Testament believers and then the apostles in the New Testament and every believer who's come since then as a stone that's building up this church, that's completing this church and rising larger and larger and larger until uh, the church is complete. And that's when Jesus is going to come to take uh, his 
a holy bride home to be with him forever. So we're building build up into a spiritual house. And then he also compares us to a holy priesthood. And this is a very important uh, uh, concept in the New Testament, is that we are a holy priesthood, each and every one of us. In the Old Testament, only the Levites could be priests, and only the family of Aaron could be high priests. Uh, yet in the New Testament here, Peter says, and he'll go on later to say that you are a royal priesthood. And here he says you are a holy priesthood. See, what priests did is priests were ones who interceded between God and man. Um, and because man could not approach a holy God on his own due to our sinfulness. And yet uh, God gave a way for the Old Testament believers to approach him. That is through the priests. In the New Testament, however... We no longer need priests because Jesus is the fulfillment of that picture of the Old Testament priest. There's one intercessor between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He is our pre or he is the priest for us and so really we can go straight to him, which makes you and I priests to his God and Father as well. So you are a priest in the sense that you can go directly to God and God sees you as holy. So in the Old Testament, the priests had to make sacrifices for themselves to cover their sins before they could go before God to request the covering of the sins of the people. But you and I are now seen as holy by God because of the work of Jesus Christ. And so we can go directly to him. And so Jesus teaches us to indeed go directly to him and to pray our Father who art in heaven. Finally, Peter concludes by saying that we are to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So as one of the things the priests did was intercede. But the other thing priests did was offer sacrifices. Uh, in the Old Testament, they would offer all kinds of different sacrifices different times a year. And every day there was one sacrifice or another going on. And yet here Peter is speaking not about offering up an animal, but rather he is referring to spiritual sacrifices. That is sacrifices that are to be made uh, through our words and actions and the things that we do, the attitudes of our hearts. That's one of the real important messages that Jesus came to speak to the New Testament believers about is that it's not just what we outwardly do, but it's going, what's going on in our hearts as well. And we want our hearts even, our thoughts and the things going on inside of us, our desires to be sacrifices to the Lord as well, living according to his will, acceptable to God. Now we know on our own that we are sinful and unclean and we fail to, to live up to what God expects from us. And yet these sacrifices are acceptable to God now through Jesus Christ, through the lens of his work and what he has done for us. So it's important to keep the, all these things in mind as we think about our lives going forward and how we're being built up on the living stone, on Jesus Christ, on the chief cornerstone. And that though he was rejected by man and though we are rejected by men at times, that God considers us chosen and precious. And through Jesus, he sees us as his priests, offering up our lives as sacrifices to him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to be our sacrifice. Thank you for offering yourself up on the cross in order to rescue and redeem us from sin, death, and the devil. Because of your great work, now we are seen by God as priests and can live lives according to his will. Help us to walk according to your commandments as you have given to us. And when we do fail, and we will often, give to us humble hearts that seek repentance and the forgiveness of those sins. And as you promise, you will forgive us as you have assured us through your life, death, and resurrection. Bless us this day and always as we continue to grow in your word. Amen. Okay, a number of updates and reminders. Uh, tonight our Bible study continues with 
Gospel of Mark run verse four, chapter 9, verse 42. Again, those services, we're planning on recording those Bible studies in order to share with others as well. Uh, there's a possibility that we will be including those on this podcast or uh, possibly starting another podcast stream as well. We're looking into the best way to share that. Uh, this coming Saturday, we'll be taking down the church uh, Christmas decorations. So those are still up in the sanctuary. 9 a.m. this weekend, Saturday morning. Uh, we'll be need hands on deck to help take down the church decorations. So hope you can come and help us with that. Next Monday is the annual voters meeting. That'll be at 7 o'clock p.m. Voters, please mark that in your calendars. We need our voters to attend and uh, continue the important work, uh, the ministry here at Emmanuel, and that's an important uh, job to do. Then the next day, Tuesday, uh, the council reorg meeting will take place. It always happens right after the annual voters meeting. Uh, so that'll be Tuesday the next day at 7 p.m. Uh, so thank you to our outgoing council members and welcome to our new council members. Uh, may God bless you as you continue the work uh, that is to be done here at Emmanuel. I uh, want to highlight for you one couple more times that this Whitewater camp is coming up for the high school through the second year of college students. Uh, it's coming up January 28th through the 30th. So uh, uh, our young people hope you can attend that. Uh, the Get on the Ark books, uh, which were uh, written by Pastor Emeritus Daniel Fleischer, uh, have arrived. Uh, they are in my office and they're available for 10 bucks. Uh, you can just uh, write out a check to me or give me cash and uh, pick up a book. Uh, let me know uh, if you would like one. And finally, I want to keep highlighting our How to Read the Bible. If you are uh, haven't gotten onto it yet, uh, you can always just jump in in the middle of January or February or whenever and continue on through the end of the year with the rest of us. Um, we are working on currently having an online discussion board on our website, uh, possibly the opportunity to post and to comment and to uh, share with one another what we are learning and growing about in God's Word. So I uh, hope you are reading through the Bible with us this year. And if you're, it seems daunting to read as much as there is there, you can always just read smaller sections, pick the Psalms maybe, just do the Psalms this year, uh, Psalms and Proverbs, or maybe just do the New Testament section. Um, but pick some part of God's Word to grow in this year. And uh, God obviously will bless you as you continue to expose yourself to His Holy Word. Our prayers today continue uh, for Mr. Brent Heller. This is Joan Strand's nephew who uh, came down with COVID pneumonia and was in the hospital. Uh, we pray that the Lord would bless him with healing. We also pray for Nellie Edwards who was taken to Rochester and uh, was supposed to re return home earlier this week. I haven't heard back yet whether or not that happened, but uh, we pray for her and the stints she had put in and the possibility of infections uh, from complications to that surgery as well. So our prayers for Nellie and uh, also for her husband Skip and daughter Robin as they deal with this. We pray for Sue Schwein who returned home uh, following the surgery she had to remove a number of tumors in her head. Uh, she is home and, and doing well so we thank the Lord for that. Uh, today, uh, Wednesday, uh, January 12th, Mark Schwein is having surgery on his hand. He's scheduled to so pray that that surgery takes place and that it is done successfully. And we thank the Lord for a successful eye surgery yesterday for Dwayne Fraze. Um, his wife says he's got uh, a couple black eyes from the surgery, but uh, sounds like it was successful. And we thank the Lord for that as well. Which brings us today, I want to talk about, uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Rather than doing a doctrine of the day, we'll do a psalm of the day. This psalm was the uh, psalm we covered yesterday in our Read the Bible in 2022. Uh, psalm 8, uh, we spoke about it a little bit at council last night. And I wanted to 
highlight a little bit more just how important uh, this psalm is, especially this time of year, as we are considering the name of Jesus. Uh, I spoke last week about how uh, New Year's Day is Jesus' naming day. That would have been his eighth day of life when he was circumcised and taken to the temple. That was when Simeon and Anna showed up. And uh, Psalm 8 also highlights God's name. And it highlights for us just how awesome God's name is. And uh, when you think of the the name of God, maybe you think of uh, uh, just the word God, or maybe you think of Jesus, or maybe you think of uh, Mighty Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Maybe you think of Jehovah or Yahweh. Maybe you just think of Lord. Uh, maybe you think of some of the, the Greek or, or Hebrew words, if you've studied any of that. So what is what is God's name? Well, one of the ways we define God's name in, in the catechism class is anything that describes or uh, everything that, that describes or identifies who God is and what he's done for us. And that really is awesome, just how majestic God's name is, how powerful God's name is, and that's what this psalm is really all about. And it's amazing how it goes from the smallest, the weakest things. Uh, it speaks of babies and infants, and that reminds me of our, our ministry here at Emmanuel, which uh, is so much tied up into our school and the education of our young people, and that even from these mouths of babies and infants, I think of Christmas Eve, when, uh, when those children told us about the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it goes from that, and certainly we learn God's name from the mouth even of babies um, to the natural knowledge of God, looking out at the heavens and the stars and all there is and marveling at the fact that, that God is mindful even of us human beings and, uh, uh, so, and, and gives to us the responsibilities and duties that he does. So with all that in mind, we'll read the psalm and I'll, I'll comment a little bit at the end. Psalm 8 is a, a psalm of David. It reads, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You know, the, the world, from a secular, unbelieving standpoint, doesn't put a lot, give a lot of glory to the name of God. And yet, as Christians, we marvel at how awesome his name is. And that, that first word there is Yahweh or Jehovah. Jehovah... Uh, is the name of God. And if you will if you look in your Bibles, likely you'll see uh, in the Old Testament where the word Lord is in all caps, L, capital L, capital O, capital R, R capital D. And that's, that's a reflection of uh, the Old Testament word Yahweh, which was a name that was so holy that the Israelites wouldn't even use it. So if you were reading a scroll in the, in the Old Testament and you came across that word, which is Yahweh or Yavah, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it, um, they would see that that name there, and it was so holy, and they so wanted to be careful to not use God's name in vain, that they would use the word Adonai instead, which is kind of the lower form of the word Lord. So that instead of Yav Yavah or Yahweh, they would say uh, uh, Adonai, which means Lord. They were so careful with God's name because God's name is indeed holy and awesome and mighty and strong. And yet, as I mentioned, it even comes out of the mouth of babies and infants. 
And the, the, the faith that a little child has was indeed held up by Jesus as the most, uh, as the strongest faith there is, the faith that trusts implicitly in our Heavenly Father. And it's from that, that trust that establishes strength even against the foes of God. And then the psalmist goes on, David goes on by saying, you know, I look at the heavens and all there is, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars. And, and you know, as Christians living in the 21st century, we understand even better than David did the immensity of the creation of the universe. Just how many galaxies and, and stars and moons and planets there are out there. It's beyond it's beyond understanding. You know, we haven't seen the end of the universe yet, and we likely never will because it goes on as far as we know forever, which is a concept that we can understand, and yet God created it all. And he created it all in, in one day. You know, on the fourth day of creation, God made the sun, moon, and stars, and all there is. And with all of that out there, you know, God put all that there just so that you and I can look out at that and marvel at how awesome and powerful our God is. And yet despite that, the psalmist David marvels that you are mindful of man. We tiny specks of dust on the tiny rock, the third rock from the sun here in our, our solar system, uh, uh, in our tiny little galaxy, the Milky Way, of all the, the, the galaxies there are out there. And yet God cares so much for you, so much that you have, he has crowned us with glory and honor, that he has sent his son to die and to redeem us and to take away our sins and given us the responsibilities that he has given us. Dominion over the works of God's hands, putting all things under our feet. God has given to us so many responsibilities, whether it is a responsibility you have as a parent or a teacher or as a child or as an employer or as an employee or whatever other responsibilities you can think of. God has given those things to you. He has established his strength through you and given to you, under you, the works of his hands. These are the things that are important to God. Uh, the ministry at Emmanuel, the things that take place and the sharing of the gospel, uh, all these things are vitally important to God who created the universe and he's giving them to you in your hands. How awesome is God's name? How marvelous is it that he has done this great and mighty thing for you and I and that he wants us to continue to share his name with others as well. This is why the psalmist marvels at how awesome and majestic God's name is in all the earth. Regardless of what the unbelieving world thinks of God and who he is, you and I know how awesome he is and what he's done for us in redeeming us for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ, and winning eternal life for us. So let us continue to marvel just how awesome the Lord's name is and how majestic his name is in all the earth. Amen. So this, the hymn of the day I'd like to talk about today is hymn 114, which is entitled Jesus, Name of Wondrous Love. Uh, the name Jesus, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, is a shortened form for the, uh, the, the phrase Jehovah Saves. So J-E is a shortened form of Jehovah. S-U-S is a shortened word, form of the word for saves in the Greek. Uh, and it's another form of the word, the name, excuse me, another form of the name Joshua in the Old Testament, which is again shortened for Jehovah saves. So the name Jesus means that Jehovah, the Lord, Adonai, Yavah, Yahweh, Jehovah, he is the one who saves us. And he saves us through the person of Jesus. Uh, so we'll read Psalm 114 and marvel at the, the name of God and the name that he chose for his instrument of redemption, Jesus Christ. Jesus, name of wondrous love, name all other names above. 
unto which must every knee bow in deep humility. Jesus' name decreed of old to the maiden mother told, kneeling in her lowly cell by the angel Gabriel. Jesus' name of priceless worth to the fallen sons of earth, for the promise that it gave, Jesus shall his people save. Jesus' name of mercy mild, given to the holy child, when the cup of human woe first he tasted here below. Jesus' only name that's given under all the mighty heaven, whereby man to sin enslaved burst his fetters and is saved. Jesus' name of wondrous love, human name of God above, pleading only this we flee, helpless, O our God, to thee. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information, we ask you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God richly bless you and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.